0: I have a very quick little experiment that I wanna do with you. I'm gonna say one word to you in a couple of minutes here. And when I do, I want you to take that word and I want you to quickly put a label on it. And you have one of two labels, okay? The label is strong or weak. Got it? So I'm gonna share a word with you and then as, as the word's coming out of my mouth, you grab that label that says strong or the label that says weak, and you stick it on that word, and that's it. You ready? The word is vulnerable. Welcome to The Real Leadership Podcast. My name is Chris Oppst. I've spent the last 25 years going deep with leaders on the real challenges they face, the stuff that keeps them up at night, are you ready for raw and honest conversations and the reality that self-leadership and personal growth are the keys to you being the leader that you were meant to be? Hello and uh, welcome for joining me today. Uh, I've got a topic uh, that I want to discuss with you um, it has it's been a bit of a buzzword actually in the, in the world of leadership and uh, management and coaching uh, for the past number of years and the topic is vulnerability and for those of you that Uh, that get my monthly newsletter it it was the topic of a newsletter a couple months back and you got me thinking that it's this is a worthwhile topic and you know in the podcasts I've had recently with guests this topic of vulnerability actually I noticed has come up more than a few times and it's interesting when I think back on on my early career years and um, days in organizations I don't know that I ever heard the word vulnerability used. I don't I don't think it ever came up in the in the context of work. And nowadays it seems to be something that's on the tip of everyone's tongue when they're talking about how leaders show up and the type of leaders they are. And certainly in, in the work that I do in executive coaching, um, leaders who can exhibit vulnerability and authenticity are the ones that are being recognized as sort of that top tier leaders. And and so there's obviously been a shift Um, in, in organizational culture and and culture in general. So um, I'm not an expert about vulnerability. I've certainly been paying attention to it for the past number of years. You know, uh, when I think about the, who made it popular, I think of Brene Brown and she's, she's a bit of a household name now. And I think it's maybe seven or eight years that, um, that she's been talking about vulnerability. And I think she had a book called the power of vulnerability. And, you know, Um, She describes vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, um, and emotional exposure. So when you think about that, it's like, okay, um, that sounds kind of like a weakness. And I remember when I was listening to one of her books a number of years ago, she said, it's interesting, we can see vulnerability in others as a strength. Yet, when we think about our own vulnerability, it immediately feels like a weakness, and so I just, I wanted to discuss that a bit with you today is, first of all, you know, the, your own mindset around vulnerability. It does sound like if you are vulnerable, you're open to attack, right? If you think about, you know, if in, in war, you know, um, well, that that troop was vulnerable to the attack from the opposing troop or, you know, in sports, well, you know, their, their defense is vulnerable to the other team's offense. So it does have a flavor of weakness to it. So... If you are a leader who has struggled or are struggling with showing vulnerability, you probably come by it honestly. And, and you know, thinking about where you got your cues from in, in your household growing up, did your parents um, exhibit vulnerability towards you? Did authority figures, people uh, in the school system, teachers and principals, uh, you know, coaches in, in other walks of life, did they, did they exhibit vulnerability to you? probably not and then in your early years in the workplace you probably didn't see a lot of it so vulnerability became something that was sort of like a dirty secret that we were hiding it's like yeah i feel uncertain or weak or incomplete or not enough and damn it i'm not going to share that with anybody so why why weren't we well i think a lot of us were raised And brought up in in an environment both in the household and in the workplace that says well never let them see you sweat um you know fake it till you make it uh show them you know show them you've got the goods you got the stuff you know competent confident people tend to get recognized and rewarded in our society and so you know it's not it's not surprising that that people have struggled with kind of leaning into and owning vulnerabilities so what i want to do is, is just give you a moment to just think about your own kind of relationship with the word and your own history with it. And then if you do have an appetite and an interest, just stay tuned here because I, I think I can make a compelling case for why vulnerability is actually the opposite of what we fear. It's it's actually a strength. So I mentioned earlier that Brene Brown said when we see vulnerability in others, we can often see it as a strength, but in us it's a weakness. So why do we see it as a strength in others? Well. I think one of the reasons is it's, it's authenticity. When someone is vulnerable and says, geez, I, I don't know what to do here, or I messed up, or I'm scared, or I'm struggling, we respect that because it takes courage. It takes courage to admit that we don't have all the answers or that we're, we feel weak or vulnerable in some areas. So, so that in itself looks like strength. The other thing it is is it's honest. And you know, from a leadership perspective, you become very real and very authentic when you do exhibit some vulnerability when you're willing to admit that you haven't got all the answers and i know i've had numerous times in my professional career certainly this career as a as a coach and facilitator and speaker that i know that i'm competent at what i do and I, I, I see that whether it's my one-on-one coaching clients or the teams I work with or the audiences when I'm doing a keynote, you know, that they respond to my easygoing nature. They respond to my, my competence, my skill and what I'm doing. What's interesting though, is when I share some true vulnerability with these people, it's like we get to another level. It's like they lean in even closer to me and want to be more open, learn more, be braver, and so an example might be if I'm up in front of a group, I mean, I've got to exhibit confidence. I can't come onto the stage and, you know, whisper and, and have my voice crack and say, this is really scary. But it's okay to say, wow, you know, last night I was having a hard time falling asleep because it's been on a while since I've been on stage in front of a bunch of people. And honestly, I, w- I was kind of scared, right? So that's real. And people can relax and say, oh, okay, this guy's a human. And I know in my, in my coaching sessions, when I share, oh, you know what, and, and this is something I'm really working through right now, is I'm struggling with procrastination. There's all these tasks and duties that I have all the time in the world to do, and I can't get to them. And I was sharing it with a, with a coaching client the other day, and they looked at me, and, and they got this big grin on oh, their faces, oh, oh, coach, even you struggle with things? You're bloody right? I do. Every day, there's something that I struggle with. But the point is what I notice, and, and I've had clients share this with me, is that when we're real, when we're, when we're willing to you know, own our gifts and our shortcomings and weaknesses, it does help people trust us more, and it does draw them to us. So you know from a leadership point of view, showing vulnerability does so many things. So it makes us, it makes us more accessible, It makes us more authentic. It makes us more approachable, makes us more real. Now, the other thing that happens is we give others permission. So if you think of yourself as a manager or a leader, when you exhibit vulnerability, when you're not hiding mistakes, when you're willing to own weaknesses, uncertainties, you you normalize that behavior. You make that behavior part of your culture, whether it's on your team or on your organization. And you think about it. We want people to do that. If someone is struggling because they don't understand how to do something or they've tried and they're failing, or maybe they've got something going on in their personal life that's really keeping them from being focused and present, wouldn't we want them to share that? And again, I know in a previous podcast, I talked about, you know, when, when an employee is struggling with something in their personal life that, we, you know, it's not our job to take it on, but we do have a responsibility to at least acknowledge it, call it out and, and ask them you know, what they need for support. So I know most of you are nodding your head saying, yeah, of course I would want to know. And, and of course I'd want the people around me to acknowledge uncertainties and fears and weaknesses. So when we lead by example, and a lot of leadership is really doing that, it's not about perfection. It's about leading by example and showing others that, hey, it's okay. Now, I know some of you that are <laughs> that are less comfortable with vulnerability have a picture of a you know, a, a meek leader who's a bleeding heart, who's not focused on results, who can't get the job done, who can't kick butt, and that is not what I'm talking about. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk in a little bit about this idea of maybe too much vulnerability or oversharing, and there's definitely um, a watch out for in, in, the, in that area. But in most cases, with most leaders that I work with, they need to move towards more vulnerability. Now, you know, what does the opposite of that look like? You know, one of my colleagues described it as a, um, this, this mask of invincibility. So if I have a leader, a manager, a boss that acts invincible, like they've got everything figured out, nothing bothers them, then it's sort of like, oh, I see, I've got to wear that mask too. Because guess what? We don't actually believe that they're perfect. Most of us hit a stage in life, certainly in the workplace, where, you know, no one is perfect. So when someone presents as perfect, we actually see them as being distrustful because they're not willing to show us all of who they are. And there's lots of neuroscience related to this. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, our brains are a very powerful tool to keep us alive, right? And so there's a lot of survival mechanism and instincts that kick in. And when someone isn't being open and, and truthful with us, there's a little part in our brain called the amygdala that's on high alert and says, ah, okay, maybe we can't trust this person because they're not being real. So when this mask of uh, invincibility is on, we're kind of setting the tone that, oh, that's what we want everyone to do. So if I'm the leader and I'm afraid to show vulnerability, well, guess what I'm asking the rest of you to do? So then you have a bunch of people walking around the organization kind of faking it. Now, the, the case for vulnerability is is so much greater than to not show it. I mean, this idea of, okay, I'm now pointing out to you that there's a way that you can be (laughs) that's honest, that's going to inspire and empower your team. It's, It's going to give them permission to be a more real, honest, authentic version of themselves, right? And guess what? It's very liberating. I know it's scary the first time you do it, The first time you share true vulnerability with someone around you that you're, you know, maybe outside your personal life or even in your personal life. But it is liberating because it's like, oh, I can exhale. I can stop the facade. I can actually be me. Now, we're not talking about giving up your power. We're not talking about giving up your authority. And it would be obnoxious if a leader showed up to work and the whole day they spent oh i suck i'm not very good at this i really blew it last quarter sorry guys hope you can forgive me that would get tired really fast but if a leader came in and said look i know we had a rough quarter and we're all going to do something to turn it around for the next quarter I need to acknowledge that I've been going through some struggles in my personal life. You don't need all the details, but I, I need you to know that I acknowledge it and I'm getting help for it. Just sharing that information empowers the people around you and it sets you free to actually be a human and get on with what you need to do. You know, I was recently asked, um, whether there's such a thing as too much vulnerability and, um, I don't know. I, I think vulnerability can be done wrong. Um, what comes to mind is this, this term oversharing. And we, we all know what that means, right? Where, you know, people just dump on you all the nitty gritty details of something, you know, that maybe should be kept personal to them. And um, so I think I think we it is a kind of watch out for. It. I think we need to be paying attention to you know having having boundaries for you and the people that you work with about the things that are appropriate and uh, not appropriate to share, and you know I, th- I think an example might be you know if someone's uh, struggling with substance abuse, you know you could acknowledge that yeah i'm I'm having a problem with substance abuse and I'm getting some counseling and I'm working on it, right they don't need all the details of all the substances he's abused and all the fallout of, of what happens afterwards, right? I mean, those are things you would share with your, your doctor, your counselor, your, you know, your your team that's there to support you. You know, if you're having marital problems, you can say, we're going through some struggles at home. They don't need the details of, you know, what's going on in the marriage or not going on that's causing the problem. So I think, you know, those, those are the places where I think over, being too vulnerable don't fit they don't they don't i mean i I always ask people like why are you sharing it right what's the reason you're sharing if what you're sharing is an acknowledgement of um you know the, the state of your reality because it's impacting the people around you then i think it makes sense and you know if there's a lesson to be learned i mean if you made a mistake in something and you want the people around you to learn from it i think it's very appropriate to say well here's here's what i did here's how i messed it up and here's the result and here's how i would do it differently and you know i was i was talking to a friend the other day and i was i was acknowledging you know some mistakes i'd made earlier in my life and he said wow you're awfully critical of yourself and i thought about it and i thought I don't feel like I'm criticizing myself. I'm, I am i don't feel like I'm beating myself up. I'm just recognizing that with the brain I have now, I can see the mistakes I made then. And so I, I think people have a different tolerance and comfort around what true vulnerability is. And it's interesting. I've, I've noticed that I've said true vulnerability at least three times in this podcast. And I think one of the reasons I, I say it is that um, I have a pet peeve around vulnerability. And it's It's interesting. Um, It's starting to seep into, certainly, social media. And I think some of the big offenders of this are my peers, people in the coaching community. And it's sort of like they're doing, I'm I'm doing air quotes with my fingers, they're doing vulnerability. Like, look at me out here being vulnerable. And, you know, I always get a little, (laughs) I don't know. I question when somebody says, I'm being really vulnerable here. It's like, if it's real vulnerability, you don't need to stage it. We don't need to hear that it's being vulnerable. And um, what I see some people doing, like I said, in the coach community is because they know that we love vulnerability is so they hang it all out there. And it's kind of like they're just waiting for someone to say, oh, look at you. You're so vulnerable. Oh, how brave, how courageous. And I, I think that's where it's really important to have a conversation with yourself about, you know, what am I sharing why am I sharing it? And is it, is it really benefiting others or is it to fill a need in me? And, and so uh, it's something to think about. You know, one of the areas that, that I learned to practice vulnerability, and again, I learned it too late, was, was at home um, with, you know, I have two kids and they're, they're both adults now, but I recognize, looking back on, on the type of parent that I was, that there was no shortage of love and energy and time and commitment that they received from me. But what they didn't or rarely receive from me as their father was acknowledgement of mistakes I've made, acknowledgement of fears I had, apologies. Um, and, you know, looking back now, I'm kind of embarrassed about it because the way I think now is like, that would be key. That would be critical to be to build an honest, trusting relationship with your kids, especially as they're going through adolescence and teenage years. So it was interesting, you know, our family's been through a lot in the last couple of years and I've had the opportunity to, you know, build new relationships with my adult children. And um, a couple of years ago, I was acknowledging how I screwed up. They were, you know, I'm a big sports fan. It was a big part of my life growing up and both my kids were involved in multiple sports and I had so much investment in the outcome of their participation in sports of them reaching their potential whatever the sport was in school outside of school i was very involved too involved too interested and they felt it and it manifested as pressure and i remember acknowledging it to them a couple years ago that you know this is years after the fact to say you know i i don't think i did you guys any favors and it was it was a really beautiful moment because they both first of all said, thank you. They looked at me dead in the eye and almost in unison thanked me for the acknowledgement. And then they, what they did, because humans are like this um, is they came to my rescue and they said, well, dad, you know, it wasn't that bad or you were just trying to give us an opportunity and it was just, it came from love. And and yeah, the, all of that's true. And I still could have done better, but it, w- it was a really good lesson for me in when you do you are willing to be imperfect and vulnerable and vulnerable what it does for relationship. And this is something you can practice. I mean, this is something you can practice, um, away from the workplace is, you know, you could be in a restaurant or something and, and if you screwed up something, you know, maybe the, you know, we do this where the order gets messed up and we want to blame it on the server because maybe we don't have to pay for it. Or, you know, it's easier than being embarrassed in front of to say, you know what, that was me. I, I misread The the menu I actually ordered the wrong thing and you'd be surprised what happens But I think it's it's like a muscle that if you get comfortable with it's like It's kind of like being a little closer to the truth, right? I'm gonna live a little closer to my truth in an external way and um, It can be addictive and it it, you know, it is addictive because it's honest and It liberates you and it inspires others. So I think if you are already in in the practice of showing vulnerability in a healthy way there's probably not a lot for you to take from this other than you know keep going and keep encouraging people around you to do the same and um, if you're not certain how your message is landing or if you're oversharing or sharing enough, talk to two or three colleagues or, or people on your team and say, hey, listen, how well am I doing at vulnerability? How, how close do you feel to the real version of me? And what would you like to see more of or less of? You know, it's a gift when you ask people for that kind of feedback. And it's an even bigger gift when they when they honor you and, and give you that feedback. So it's definitely a, um, a great check-in if you're already practicing vulnerability. If you're not, you know, I'd say there's there's a couple areas that, you know, I, I would start with. And, and you know, one is just acknowledging a mistake. Hey, uh, last meeting, I realized I forgot this on the agenda. That's, that's on me, that's my bad. You know, you don't have to make a big event out of it, but just acknowledge it. Those little moments, you re- remember, right, that th- they're watching everything you do. <laughs> the people that report to you are watching everything you do, everything you say. They know if you've wore the same outfit twice this week, they watch what time your car pulls into the parking lot. They know if you're the first one on Zoom or the last one on Zoom, they're watching everything. So little moments of acknowledging mistakes, maybe acknowledging uncertainty. When you know the team has a project on the table or a problem on the table and they're all looking to you, you and you say, you know what, I'm kind of at a loss. I actually don't know what to do here. And then just see what happens right? So, you know, the combination of acknowledging mistakes, it, acknowledging fears, and then maybe acknowledging struggles. Yeah, you know, I've had a real struggle. I've, I've been, the last month was hard for me, right? I've been going through some health issues or, you know, I've been having trouble with my focus. We can all relate to that. It's, it's very empowering, liberating and bonding when we share our truth. So anyway, hopefully you got something out of this that's, that's inspired you to keep sharing yourself with others in a vulnerable way keep encouraging um the people around you to be vulnerable or to start doing so and if, if this if this got your uh, your appetite whetted towards it then drop me a note and, and and let me know how you're doing with it i you know i, I care deeply about the work that i do i i, I feel like it's an honor and um I, I want to deepen the relationship with the listeners on this podcast just like I, I do with the readers of my newsletter and the clients that I work with one-on-one and the teams that I work with and the audiences I speak to. So thank you for joining me today and we'll talk to you soon. The Real Leadership Podcast is produced by Chris Obst Leadership and Alive Creative Services. Thank you for listening.